G'day and welcome to the Pod Pod, talking all things AFL fantasy, and we are continuing our team previews. This time, doing Port Adelaide Tower. There it is. I am joined on this episode by a duo of top ten, two, oh, two time top ten finishers. John Harmy and Holmesy. We've also got mad Port supporter Louis on deck as well. That I'll get is right. To, I'll get to you in a second, <laughs> Louis. But um, going through some of the Port Adelaide team numbers from 2023 before we get stuck in. They finished third on the ladder, but dead last for fantasy points. Yes, that's right. Below West Coast and North Melbourne. Last for disposals. But first, for meters gained per disposal, something we've talked about a little bit this preseason. And despite that tendency to go long, they still had the third best no. kicking efficiency in the league as well. Number one for pressure act differential, number one for tackles inside 50 differential, last for overall hitouts due to their low stoppage game, but also a lack of a clear number one ruck. Also, third last for contested possession differential there. Louis. I know you're a huge Ken Hinckley fan. Can he uh, gather the troops for a big rise again in 2024? And can they go all the way? Oh, look, I'm I'm not sure, mate. Uh, look, I'm not as convinced as what other some fans some fans are, but uh, they're certainly in the window. They've got the talent there. They've uh, bolstered up the defensive stocks, which is uh, what many were saying were their weakness. So uh, there's every chance that uh, uh, that they could, mate. Good luck, Louis, for the season. But uh, we'll look at those trade period. As you said, they did bring in a few people to help out the cause and the trade-ins. Asava Radigalia coming across, Brandon, Zerk, Thatcher, Ivan Soldo, and Jordan Sweet. I mean, not a heap on our fantasy radar out of those names, but there are. Uh, There is one name there that's quite tempting, I'm sure, that we'll talk about soon. The outs, Xavier Dersma, off to your bombers, Harmy. Orazio Fantasia, we spoke about him recently on the Blues pod. Tom Jonas retiring. Scott Lysette, Premiership West Coast player, retiring there. And Riley Bonner, delisted there as well. But the buy round, we've uh, we've substituted the Statesman off for these next three podcasts. We've got Holmesy, our new buy round expert, to discuss the buy round for Port Adelaide. They do not play opening rounds, so they're pretty tempting from a premium perspective. But talk us through Port Adelaide. They've got the round 13 buy. Yeah, don't mind if I do, Dossie boy. Yeah, that round 13 buy is really, really good. So only two teams on that buy being uh, Port Adelaide and Freo, which means that if you're picking premiums in that buy round, they're only going to miss when those two teams are on the buy, which means you'll have them available in rounds 12, 14, and 15 when... Uh, there's more teams on the buy and we're struggling. So from that point of view, if you if you find players that you like from Port in terms of keepers that you want for the season, then they have a very valuable buy around and they're going to help you a lot. Let's look at the popular picks for Port Adelaide. Zach Butters, and, and by the way, popular picks, 10 plus percent ownership is what we're going with here. Zach Butters, 27% owned, Harmy, $898,000. He was a forward last year. Only a midfielder this year, but coaches are still keen to start him here. Oh, yeah. Look, I'm not surprised. He had such a good back end of the season. He started off a bit slow, so people can probably see some um, 
you know, some upside in his uh, current price. So he's priced at 100. Um, yeah, and no, I'm interested. I mean, nice buy. Um, he's got a good ceiling on his day. So I think there's a lot of things pointing towards um, him as an as a early selection. Now, I remember, Louis, being the Port Nuffy that you are, you've been to plenty of pre-season trainings for the pair <laughs> out there. Um, I want to get your thoughts because if memory serves, I'm trying to find the exact tweet. You did some notes from one of the intra-club trials recently. Here we go. few interesting things at Port Match Sim this morning. One of the big pointers I took off there. Butters freakish, invest now, you've got. <laughs> Walk us through this. Yeah, and, mate, that's pretty much based on the eye test and uh, it is only pre-season training and we hopefully will see that come uh, some of the realer stuff in the pre-season games and then again in season. But uh, you know when you can just tell that there's a guy who's just classier than the rest and uh, at times, mate, he was just running rings around some of those port boys and uh, still uh, thinking about one of those clearances where he pretty much hit the ball at full pace straight out of the midfield and uh, and kicked a goal from about 45 metres out. And I, and I just thought to myself, gee whiz, this, uh, this guy's about to go bang. And uh, and it, it he sort of broke out a little bit last year, didn't he? 27 votes in the Brownlow, won the AFL Coaches Association Award, uh, pretty much played every single game. In fact, I think he did. So the confidence should be high. Uh, and yeah, there is a little bit of built-in value considering that he didn't go into that midfield until round four. So only averaged the 62% CBAs. And uh, just digging into the numbers a little bit, he actually averaged 107 when he went above 60%. So uh, if he can go at 107 plus, at priced at, I think, 99.5, 100, then... You've got a keeper on your hands there. And uh, with West Coast round one, you might even have a captain option early. Yeah, I do love their early schedule. Maybe we can talk about that as well when we talk about another one of their premiums coming up. But Jordan Sweet, Holmesy, has been a big talking point this preseason. Started by yours truly, Big Dossie. I reckon his ownership's gone up about 8% since our original Point of Difference podcast that we did. Uh, where I said, you know, why aren't coaches uh, looking here? He's now 11% owned. And another note from that training, I might add, that uh, Louis went to, it says, Jordan Sweet, number one ruck, has been most of preseason, Holmesy. Yeah, look, Dossie, if that doesn't tell you that you're not in the most 40 influential AFL fantasy content creators, I don't know what does because he wasn't even on anyone's radar and you've come on and we know what an astute coach you are. So thanks yeah, thanks for allowing us to, <laughs> to pick him. Uh, look, uh, the appeal of a Jordan Sweet, without stating the obvious, is if he's number one ruck priced in the mid to low 40s, then there's extreme value there. But the main reason I'm looking at it is I'm still looking at starting a Grundy-Gorn combo in R1 and R2, and I really need someone to play in, uh, when they're on their buy. So I'll definitely look at it in terms of what other R3 options we have. But at the moment, it sounds like he's he's training pretty well and he's he's trying to attack that number one ruck spot, and he's a he's a decent option for us. The only flag I'd say is just in the last couple of weeks, um, Soldo has sort of returned to that number one ruck spot. Uh, he did have finger surgery, so uh, was training a lot in the pink hat. So I think it was about two weeks ago where there was a, a bit of a tweet, I think from Matt Turner on X, just saying that it looks like Soldo has returned to that number one ruck spot, which is a massive red flag for Jordan Sweet because 
I just cannot see these two playing in tandem. And the reason for that is uh, Porter seriously tall. I mean, when you... I'll just rattle off some names here. Brandon Zirk Thatcher, Saba Radigalia, Alir Alir, uh, Todd Marshall, Charlie Dixon, Ollie Lord, Mitch Georgiades, Jeremy Finlayson, and, of course, Ivan Soldo. So straight away there, you've got eight or nine blokes who are about 195 centimetres. And in a game that's definitely transitioning to being a little bit faster, I just can't see... Uh, if he doesn't get the number one ruck roll, him playing in tandem with another guy, I think it'll be uh, more your Finlayson or your Dixon who plays that backup. All right, that's an interesting one. And that's one to monitor in the preseason for sure. Uh, let's look at the big dogs, the top three averaging players from last year. Another player hot on the radar of fantasy coaches, not in that 10% plus ownership bracket yet, but he is nearly 7% owned at the moment. Connor Rosie, the new skipper, Harmy of the Port Adelaide Football Club. 106 average last year. He comes in at $956,000. Fantastic year for Rosie. Can he go again in 2024? Oh, well, why not? He's just a great player, isn't he? You sort of watch him play and he does everything you want. He's a very complete player. Uh, player, he can put your pressure acts at times. You can find space. You can, you know, get him, get at, um, grab some marks as well. So, uh, at 24 years old, you know, people could probably argue that he's got upside. All Australian captain, as you say, I think he's in for a good year. Um, not really sure how he has handled the tag um, previously, but I don't think it's been a massive issue for him. So, if you're keen on Rosie. Um, I won't talk you out of it. Do, do you think the tag is maybe trending more towards Zach Butters now? I mean, he obviously won the AFL Coaches Association Award, so the coaches are identifying Zach Butters as someone who's really damaging. And uh, as I already mentioned, 27 votes in the Brownlow. It, it definitely um, highlights you to opposition coaches. Is it is it now swung the other way towards Butters and Rosie can get a little bit more off the leash? Yeah, I don't know. Like, Butters is pretty quick, isn't he? Like, he's pretty quick and he's pretty hard at it. I'm not sure if he just sat a tag and next to him where he's going to do too much. But, um, yeah, I'm not sure, Lou. Other boys? I do think... I do think the positive with Rosie is his versatility, though. So if he does get that guy hanging off of him, he's more than capable lead up forward as well. So uh, he may be able to avoid it that way if it does come to him. Well, I think the big thing that interests me at Port Adelaide in general is the eight of 12 games played at home before their round twelve, uh, round 13 buy as well. Just a lot of home games. They've obviously got gather round as well, but especially with that early matchup against West Coast in round one, Richmond, Melbourne, Essendon, Fremantle, Collingwood, Saints, like the, just the schedule, I think, especially for those midfielders, is looking pretty tasty at the moment. Uh, the second highest averaging scorer was Zach Butters. We have spoken about him. But number three on the list, Holmesy, Dan Houston, averaged 93 last year, 837000 bucks. Can never quite get into that, you know, top, top big dog level, but he's still, you know, a top six defender candidate. Yeah, he has a ceiling like no other. On his day, he can go 140 plus, but... On his on his opposite day, he can he can drop you a forty or a fifty. So that's why he's kind of never really put it all together and, and been above a hundred and been a real premium for us. But he's so good um, off that half back line and up on a wing. He's their main ball user. You know, to average ninety three in that side when they were the lowest scoring fantasy side, it's it's a fair effort. Um, 
and naturally you would think if Port Adelaide do increase their output and he maintains that same kind of buzzword market share that there might be a little bit of upside there for him. He's not necessarily someone I'm looking to start, but it wouldn't surprise me if one year he's a, a bona fide top six defender. Uh, talking about some rookie options, and I think we will go to Louis for this one just because there's probably only a couple we're looking at. And I know Josh Sin's name at $257,000 has come up already, I think, in your research that you've been looking at. Tell us what position he's playing in preseason. Well, it was flagged pretty early on in the preseason that he'd be given a crack at halfback, which is interesting and uh, probably a little bit unfortunate that he is just the uh, just the mid-only Uh I do sort of question how much of the ball he can find at AFL level. I'm someone who goes to the Magpies games, and at times he does float in and out of the game. Uh, And I also have taken note that his ball use isn't flash. Uh, He's probably not got the best ball drop. So in that half-back role, I can either see him being the sub or somebody who could be dropped to go back to the twos just to work on a little bit of his craft because... No, Port Adelaide should be competing, uh, so you would think that uh, it's going to be a pretty hard side to crack into and to maintain your spot. And we saw that with Dylan Williams, who was able to use the ball so well uh, and even translate to some fantasy scoring, but he found himself out of that side by the end of the year as well. What about Tom Cleary, just over $300,000? I know that he, he was flagged for some more wing time and coaches got a little bit excited, Lou. Uh, they did, and he's been moved back since. So okay. uh, Tom Clory was just like those guys that I mentioned before. They've got a very stacked, um, tall defensive line, and I think they were just looking for a spot for Tom Clory to sort of uh, sharpen up his axe. And look, he was playing wing, but he was on the twos that whole time as well. So at 305K, if he did have the wing time and he got a spot in the ones, you might have a look at it, but... Um, Jeez, you'd hate to um, pick Tom Clory, it'd go wrong, and then 2020 vision, you're going, well, why the hell did I pick Tom Clory in my fantasy side? Let's look at some points of difference for the pair here. And Holmesy, I want your thoughts on Ollie Wines coming in at $701,000. Seems pretty cheap for a former Brownlow medalist there, but also maybe just give us some context for the, for the next couple of players we're going to be talking about. They are... Like they were the lowest fantasy scoring team in the league, as we said. How can we get some more points out of these players and also your interest in Ollie Wines? Yeah, look, I I definitely think he's underpriced, but I think all of those stats that you rattled off to start the pod paint a a perfect picture of Wines. They decided to not possess the ball and and just get it moving forward as fast as they can, um, highlighted by that high meters per disposal, and that's not Ollie Wines' game. So, he had, an, he had an injury-interrupted preseason last year where he didn't have a preseason at all. So he was he was unfit last year. It wasn't the only wines that we know. But if you're, if you're predicting Rosie to break out again on, and Butters to be good again, then you can't also be predicting uh, wines to go above 95 with the way that Port Adelaide are playing. So I think he'll improve. I think he'll still get some midfield time, but I've cooled on his prospects. As mid-only, you'd really need him to go 95-plus, and I can't really see that in that system. Quickly throw to Lou, because I know you've been big on him this preseason, just in case. Are you still hot on, on Ollie Wines? Uh, look, I, I'm hot on him, uh, and certainly as a fan, but I just do. I'm, I'm a little bit like Holmes. I just question where that average sort of lies. I think he's a player that can play some 
really solid, effective football and, and help the side by going at that 90 average. He can do a little bit of the grunt work and let players like Zach Butters, Jason Horn, francis and Connor Rosie, as we spoke about before, uh, shine and use their weapons a little <laughs> bit more. And uh, even in his Brownlow year, he was, he was up at about 75% CBAs, which is something that Connor Rosie and... Um, and Zach Butters are still yet to touch. So, you know, we talk about upside for them. Yeah, maybe there's some there, but uh, Ollie Wines pretty much needs the lion's share if we're expecting him to get back up to that 105. I'm not sure 95 is enough. Uh, and for that reason, I probably um, would steer clear. But if you were keen, and uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't really talk you out of it either. Harmy, what about a third-year breakout for Jason Horn francis Only averaged 68 fantasy points last year in that low-scoring system, but $614,000, we do see that third-year breakout pop sometimes. Yeah, and I reckon that he's um, priced below what he's going to go for the year. I reckon he'll be more than 68. He's, um, he's not the number one fantasy scorer, I don't think. That's sort of not really his go. He's a little bit more of an impact player. He's not a high accumulator of disposals um, uh, from what I can see, mate. But look, could he be 100? Don't reckon. Could he be 90? Oh, possibly. I think he's going to be their preferred uh, midfielder ahead of Ollie Wines, and that's probably why I'm probably steering clear of Wines at this point in time. So I think he's the third in there with Rosie and Butters and will probably be a good three for the next five years to come. So um, has he got 20 points upside? Possibly, but um, I'd probably be inclined to go a, a little bit cheaper um, if I was looking for a midfielder or more um, and look at somebody who's potentially a keeper. Yeah, my interest has waned a little bit, maybe just due to those stats that we've been talking about in terms of the way they want to play their footy, but I've still got a keen eye on JHF just in case it is that uh, that breakout year coming. Uh, Ivan Soldo I've got here just in case he is the number one man, Holmesy. Is there any value in him at 667000 you know, looking away from a sweet if he is the number one guy at Port. Yeah, look, he he's value because he's never had that number one ruck role before for a, a substantial period of time. Even last year when we saw him have it for that month, I think he went close to 90 in Nank's absence. So there's definitely value, but I'm not sure you can touch it priced at 70 or 75, 77 yeah. when you've got Grundy around that price point, when you've got Cherry a little bit cheaper and then you've got Gorn just above. So I'm I'm not sure you touch it, especially in that system. A low stoppage system means that there's going to be less access to points around the contest. Yeah, he sort of feels fully priced at that and uh, you'd be banking on the breakout. And when you look at some of the top Ruckman that we've had over the last couple of years, and I'll just rattle off a few, Grundy, English, Gorn, Darcy and Marshall, they're all guys that are really integral to their side and how they move the football, whereas Port Adelaide for the last couple of years haven't um, really shown an interest in a ruckman in general. I think it's more of a, a position to fill. And for that reason, I think Ivan Soldo will fill up on hitouts. But in terms of getting around the ground and getting to the ball, I think he's going to fall flat there. So an 80 average probably feels like the top end of it, but uh, he is a bit of a hitout beast. So if you're saying that, yeah, okay, he's getting 30 to 40 hitouts a game, that he's only actually generating. 30 to 40 points on the other end through transitional play. So for that reason, I'm pretty cold on Ivan Soldo, but if you had the forward status, maybe I'd think again. But yeah, the price point just isn't right for me. 
Now a few looser names, as we like to do on the Point of Difference podcast here. Miles Bergman, I've always been a big fan. Harmy, I just wanted to throw his name out there. A 60 average. Seems pretty low for a bloke with defensive status. But uh, is he a point of difference you'd be interested in? 60 average, is he really? Yeah. I've had him in my team before, but um, it looks like Port actually like him as an accountable player, if you know what I mean, like not sort of free mm. to win his own ball. Uh, and he certainly doesn't get this... a run through that midfield and he won't be going forward. So I don't know if there's much upside there, mate. I mean, is he one where you've got theoretically BZT, uh, Brandon Zerk Thatcher and Radagalia coming in, two big taller stocks that maybe can play a bit of lockdown? Is Miles Bergman or maybe someone else on the list that could be freed up? We'll go to Port. We'll go to the Port man again, Lou. Um, your thoughts, mate? Uh, yeah, no, I agree with Harmy. I think he's more of that guy who can be an accountable footballer and they can leave the, um, I suppose, the quality and to a lesser extent the quantity to somebody like a Dan Houston and uh, a Kane Farrell. All right. I think the last name, and this was requested by the listeners, at Pod Pod AFL on all your social channels there, Jace Burgoyne. Uh, he's got the famous name Holmes. He comes in at four hundred and sixty-three thousand bucks. He's only played. He's under play, played under ten games for the last two years. Last year was just a thirty-six average. I think is he priced on the year before though. Yeah, he must Holmesy, be. I think. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, Dossie. These aren't the type of players that I like to touch in that price bracket. When you know, in a competing side, not guaranteed best twenty-two. Uh, potentially in one week, sub the next, out the other. It's just too much of a price to pay. Uh, for that reason, I'm not looking at a, a Jace Burgoyne. All right, I think that'll wrap it up for the Port Adelaide podcast. Louis, I just really hope for you, mate, that uh, Ken Hinckley gets yet another extension for you to keep your hopes and dreams alive. I know you're a big fan. Make sure you're following us at Pod Pod AFL on all your social channels. Uh, we're on YouTube now, so make sure you check us out on there. Give us a subscribe. I see our Spotify ratings are going up. Thank you very much for that. Brisbane's up next. See you then.